back what I think I'm hearing. So you okay. can, you know, just just so I can uh, understand. So what you're saying is that the manufacturers of the stable coin are creating, I'm just saying in the way it's in my brain, are creating this platform mm-hmm. that the, the, the primary audience is institutions or banking institutions to be able to create a platform that, that would give them access to this technology mm-hmm. and thus the consumer's access to this technology that then would reduce costs, provide a lot of transparency, uh, create a different way to trust, a different way to transact, it'd be held mm-hmm. on an exchange yes. uh, that's fully visible. And, and, and because of that, the banks look at it and say, okay, uh, it's a, using technology as an innovative way for us to go into the future, reduce some overhead costs, do business a different way. Mm-hmm. For the consumer, they have access to the money on an exchange that is not impacted by the value well, hold on. It's pegged to the value of the dollar you said, though, right? Right, right. Okay. Um, and so there are manufacturers who are providing incentives to institutions and individuals to attempt to move them to this platform, is what you're saying. 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, yeah, such as the interest that you can make on holding a tokenized dollar versus a fiat paper dollar. Right. Just that incentive alone, like a a 30% annual yield, right, versus a 1% annual yield is significant in terms of how much money you're going to hold at the end of the year. Does that make sense? So one of the one of the things that that moving the fiat dollar, the paper dollar to electronic dollars, Mm -hmm. it's like an investment for the people who created the the stable coin. Mm-hmm. Right. They need they need money to build out the system. Mm-hmm. So when you put your money over into their system, they're actually investing that money in the physical infrastructure needed to create the the, the and maintain the dollar. So mm-hmm. now that physical infrastructure gets bigger, they reward the people who are in the physical infrastructure with the money that they're creating. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a Bitcoin miner, you're not just dialing for dollars. You're actually part of the network that is maintaining the infrastructure of that Bitcoin. 100%. Stable dollars, but they need a source of investment. So they'll attract your dollar by saying, I'll give you 10%, 15%, a hundred times what the bank will charge you so that I can use your dollar to do other stuff. And then the reward- They're trying to raise capital to get that. You don't have to, exactly. You don't have to wonder where your dollar is. I just grew it by 100X versus what you would have done if it was in the bank. 100%. 100%. It's what they refer to as decentralized finance, right? Versus the, you know, versus centralized finance. So what you're we're DeFi. DeFi. Yes, it's DeFi for short. So centralized finance is what we're accustomed to. There's one entity that's basically in the middle and everybody goes to that entity, such as the bank in your community, right? To do the transaction of money, right? So anything you need to do in regards to that is done centralized. So very few people control the entire thing. What um, uh, Mr. Bryant is speaking of is exactly that. You become, in a sense, a partner of the platform. You're investing in the platform, right? And so they have what they refer to as liquidity pools. So it gets very creative in the way that you can generate finance for yourself because you can lend your money. Now, the bank extends to us, right? Now, this is how it's going to be sold to you. Now, we know that it changes over time because 
as control changes or as somebody comes in with a different idea about how much they can control, maybe this changes. But the way it's sold to you is exactly like Mr. Bryant said, you now can participate and be rewarded for your, for your, for your, for your service, right? You can become an extension of the bank. So if you have enough money, the rich get richer all the time, right? So that's, that's what will continue to happen. People who actually have liquidity, right? They have money that's sitting over here making a 1%. What do you think they're going to do with that money? They're going to move that money over here. So just like Mr. Bryant says, utilizing that money allows us to make more money. And essentially, that's all the bank ever has done. That's all they do. They make money two ways. They, by lending money and charging you fees. That's what a bank does. That's the only two ways they make money. And so this just allows them to get more creative, right? Because the technology allows them to trust. It allows them to see. It allows them to really understand what's going on at a, at a, at a, at a blockchain level, right? So they can get more creative and, and allow you to play and make some money too and incentivize you for doing so. But at the end of the day, don't get it confused. The rich get richer and the poor will continue to get more poor, right? So yes, exactly, Mr. Bryant. That's exactly what, what, what's going to happen. So, so that one of the things that you're saying that I think um, needs to be said so we can really kind of take this stablecoin conversation, there's a system of banks. Mm-hmm. That when, when you hand me, when I say, William, I'm going to give you a dollar for a pack of gum. Right. There's a system of banks represented by that dollar bill. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of banks are, in this, are represented by that dollar bill. So when you take that dollar bill out of the equation, what replaces that system of banks represented by the dollar? And that's all these computers. So I, when I say, I'm going to give you a dollar in Tether, mm-hmm. there's a, like, my dollar in Tether is sitting in, let's say, BlockFi, and it's got an address, and I have to send that dollar to your address. Mm-hmm. There's a system of computers that send that dollar in Tether versus the physical dollar that represents all the banks. Right. So the representation called the dollar bill is now an electronic trail from me to you. This is what the stable coin does. It takes all of that represented banking that the dollar, the physical dollar represents, mm-hmm. all the systems that we're used to, and it takes them and sets them aside and replaces them with an instantaneous transaction that goes through a system of computers. Now, as long as we think that way, that the dollar represents a bunch of different banks doing work, right? Then we can understand that the stablecoin is a bunch of computers doing the same work as the bank. Those computers are owned by several entities, the most prominent of which are the banks. Right. Yes. So the banks, the banks own, they still own it. Otherwise, we'd be in a war right now. Right. If, if it were private and the banks weren't <laughs> in on it, you know, the banks would not let that happen without them. The banks love this because, again, it's about, you know, being visibility control and allowing, giving them the ability. Not only that, it gives them the ability to lend to more people. And so one of the biggest initiatives is customers. And we all know the importance of gaining an acquisition of more customers. That's what we all want. Right. That's why we advertise. That's why we do you know, mixtapes, that's why we do videos, uh, you know, I'm advertising all the time, right, because we're trying to acquire more customers uh, at the end of the day. And so another sexy, very sexy sale of this technology is the ability to expand reach in regards to who can play. It goes back to the example I use with Elon Musk. 
Elon Musk was re rewarded very heavily, heavily. A lot of these things you see Elon Musk on, he didn't necessarily create. As a matter of fact, no man can run, I don't think one man can run that many high level businesses like that. I can barely run my own. That's just crazy to me. But I think he's a, he's a good face. He's a good reputation, representation. He's a good marketer. He's a good salesperson. And the way he was was rewarded for creating PayPal because you know, people don't understand how powerful how powerful PayPal actually was in bringing money, more money into the banking system. And so this PayPal is, if this is PayPal, right, which was hugely, right, great in remittances, allowing people to actually be here and send money back across, you know, to other people or, you know, transact without having to have bank accounts because you got to keep that legal and illegal thing, right? You know, you got to do both. We know the government has to kind of do both on both sides. So if this is, if this is, if, if this is PayPal, then everything we're talking about today, right, is this, right, in terms of being, bringing people on to the network who currently don't have access to banks, who does not have a bank in their community, who does not have a bank account, who cannot transact. And so we're talking about global transaction, right? And what I always tell people is finance. And people are always, why are, you so, why are you so on finance? Why are you always talking about finance? Why are you finance? Finance is the foundation that everything else is built upon. Without finance, you don't have a foundation. So you have to get the foundation of finance right first, which is why the technology has been so slow to be adopted, right? That we see other countries actually using. China's kicking our ass because China doesn't need to do it that way. They're a communist country, right? But us, we got to get the finance. We got to get the people to buy into the finance first and get them comfortable with how you do business financially in terms of transacting. Once that happens, what you guys will see is a, uh, an adoption of technology and a presentation of technology that you had no idea existed, right? It'll be, use it. There won't be a question you'll have to use it. So when you look at things like autonomous vehicles, right? And you see what's happening in the EV market. And you see that new cars aren't being made. Old cars are being sold at the highest prices. And in my business, I see EVs coming in all the time. And I realize how far behind we are. We don't even have people who can repair those EVs. You understand what I'm saying? You have to, you have to go work for Tesla to be able to repair a Tesla. If you understand what I'm saying, right? It's an electrical engineering, not a mechanical engineering, right? And so... That's a big change that we're far behind, but it's coming and you guys can see it coming. So all of this is relative in the fact that once the financial system is laid and the groundwork is laid, everything else will be built very fast, very quickly on top of that. And, and, and one more thing I want to add is just if you look at supply chain, I use Tesla as a supply chain all the time. An example, every one of these big companies want to control that supply chain. They don't necessarily want you repairing what they sell you. As a matter of fact, they don't even want you owning what, what they sell you, right? They want to lease it to you. They want to rent it to you. And so what we got to continue to do, we got to continue to push that initiative about ownership and the importance of ownership because they're buying everybody out of the marketplace. And that's going to continue, continue to happen. So, um, you know, to kind of sum it up with stable coins, I think it's important because I, I want to talk about the, the, the benefits of it. I think right now, the way I actually do it, so I'll tell you guys what I do, 
right? How, how I've made money in this space, right? And then I'm sure Glenn can tell you kind of what he does make money in this space. Um, right now, I'm big on uh, remittance and uh, what they call XLM and XRP. I'm big on those. Those are, uh, I mean, depending on who you ask, right? Some people think they're going to be the global reserve currency. Um, but what they allow is transactions to actually be done flawlessly across uh, uh, borders, right? And so if you look at those, they're very, very important for this system and they're very cheap, they're very inexpensive. I think XLM right now, uh, you can buy that on a, a platform called Uphold and it is about 69 cents, if I'm not mistaken. This is not uh, advice, by the way, this is not financial advice, I'm just giving you guys you know, kind of some things that I'm doing. And then XLM, I think XLM, which is also uh, kind of a spinoff of XRP is about 20 cents. The assignment I would give you guys to do tonight, if you really want to go further with this, is to go study XRP, what it is, and XLM, what it is and what it does. These are real utility tokens, real utility. And so what's happened, what you see, what you've seen over the past four or five years is speculative, speculation, speculative stuff made all the money. And that's usually how it works before you get regulation and adoption. The speculation sells the idea, right? And then what happens is once the idea is sold, oh, now we have to execute the idea. So the real utility that has real value and the speculation comes down, your utility goes up. So if you go look at these two coins and you study these coins, you will see how much utility they actually serve, right? And you'll see what they do and you'll see how many customers they're actually bringing on to their, uh, to their business every day. And it's amazing that these guys are still so low in terms of price. But if you understand that the speculative environment is still the hot environment right now, because we still still need people to adopt and see, right? And all of that kind of stuff. But I say in the next, I would say, if you guys are familiar with this SEC uh, suit of Ripple, maybe you guys have heard about that. Um, that is a big thing to do with regulation. And Ripple has been, or XRP, if you will, has been the only company targeted um, for that suit. Not Bitcoin, not Ethereum. None of these highly speculative guys has been XRP. So that was a big uh, uh, explosion that went off when I saw that. And so I got deeper and studied more about that. And I've been buying those. I've been buying, you know, I've been buying XLM since it was about three cents, I think. And it hit like 70 cents. I think it's back down to 20. But needless to say, I've made quite a bit of money on it uh, based on what I put in it. But I think it's still super early, super early at 20 cents. And 20 cent makes it affordable to purchase, right? Now, with that being said, I don't know how long you'd have to hold it, right? In terms of, you know, cause I'm not a trader, I'm a, I'm a holder, right? I buy, invest, I hold is what I do. Um, I don't trade. Some people trade um, and trading is how you can make some money too, right? Uh, I, I got some friends that trade every 10% swings, you know, they, they in and out um, and they use different, you know, sites to trade. You can make some money doing it that way. That's not my way of doing it just because I got so much I don't have enough time to do that. Uh, I do do options, uh, but I don't trade, uh, uh, I do stock options, but I don't do, uh, I don't trade crypto. 
But take a look at those two guys. Those are my two hot tips uh, for tonight. Take a look at those. Do a little bit of studying of those. They're very affordable, right? And I would always say, like they always say, dollar cost average, only purchase what you can afford to lose all the time, right? Only, only purchase what you can afford to lose. Uh, but with that being said, you can hold quite a bit at 20 cent and 69 cent. And these things have heavy, I'm talking heavy utility with a lot of big players on those teams. A lot of big players on those teams. And yeah, there, um, where do you, um, you know, obviously in the world of Google, you can find any information, any particular place you would recommend to start researching? Uh, uh, Coinbase is very uh, good. It is not, none of these, it's not FDIC, right? But it is what they call, um, they do have insurance. I think it's uh, corporation insurance. It's some type of insurance they do have, but they're not FDIC. None of these platforms are FDIC. So with that being said, there is the potential that anything you own can be lost if it's not on a cold storage. So what I do is I use what they because call- Because not a, on a what? A cold storage. What is so that? I use, I use a cold storage where I move it offline. It's basically online or offline. So Coinbase is the platform by which you transact on, right? It's the exchange. You know what I mean? Um, you can then move that off of Coinbase onto a kind of a hard drive, if you will, right? You do that, Glenn? You do the same thing? Emil, do the same thing. Yeah. I, I have a wallet, um, but I trade. The accounts I use, I trade actively okay right yeah so i don't trade like every day but i keep it moving okay so, so i don't take it offline now when i get to trading. a certain point i'll be taking it offline and putting it in my um coin coinbase has what's called a coinbase wallet mm-hmm. where you can suck it out of the coinbase exchange basically where it's ready to trade and just put it in your wallet and then it just sit there and you can still touch it but you have to take it out of the wallet put it back into the exchange where it's hot and then you can move it around into different currencies. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I have it. But I mean, um, this is like, like uh, William was saying, uh, I only trade money I know I can lose. Right. So I started real low and I'm just like, I'm dabbling and learning yeah, and cool. playing with it and figuring out. Well, uh, I highly, 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 highly recommend that um, Coinbase has a really good function that if you're interested in learning more, they actually incentivize people, if you know how, how Coinbase works, they actually have lessons that they'll pay you to take. Right. Coinbase will have lessons. And they're kind of basic, but they'll open the door for some deeper understanding, and they pay you. Why are they paying you? Because while you're taking the lesson, they're using your computer to be part of the network. Mm-hmm. I kid you not. So you can learn, make a couple of bucks while you take a lesson, and figure out sort of and different different new currencies will offer different incentives. I made about 40 or 50 USD on my, uh, just from learning on Coinbase. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to, to take those class. They, they're not like putting any worms or viruses in your computer, but you just become part of the network as you're learning the, um, learning the crypto. This is just simply Coinbase.com. When you say on Coinbase, is that what I mean? Yeah. Coinbase.com. Um, it, you know, you got to do your, um, so there's something that if, if you don't have a, a cryptocurrency account, you have to do something called know your customer, KYC. Mm-hmm. They're going to kind of just get to know, make sure that you're not a drug dealer or something like that. So every legitimate exchange will put, take you through the know your customer process. Yes. KYC is real simple. They're going to verify your driver's license, address, a couple other things. 
and just make sure you're you. Um, and that's just anti-money laundering uh, stuff. But after that, you're good to go. You don't need any money. Um, you can build up through that learning process and it costs nothing to uh, join. I'm on two um, exchanges. I'm on BlockFi because they have the best, some of the best rates for my, um, for my coin. And then I'm on Coinbase. I use Coinbase for active trading and I sort of park my money in BlockFi where it makes a lot of interest. Yeah, what I do is I, I have my bags packed on the things that I want to hold long term. So those are the ones that are offline, right? The ones that I keep in my cold storage. And then kind of like uh, Mr. Brian was saying, I, I, um, anything that I trade with, because I, I don't trade every day, but I'll move in and out. So let me ask you. All amount over there that I would, I would trade. Okay, let me. So, so what you doing? Like, I'm a, I'm a holder too in, in regular stocks, not necessarily this, right? I got a little bit of stuff because Glenn hooked me up, but right. I just hold it. I don't do nothing with it. Right. So, going from the, the since you're holding, mm-hmm. so for example, if you say, you know, you put a hundred, let's say you put a hundred dollars USD on XML, you say you buy a hundred dollars today. Yeah. So, so in your situation, because again, the protection is going to cold storage. Do you buy it and then whatever? Did you immediately put it on cold storage? Well, if I'm purchasing, like I usually buy the dips, right? And the, and the old adage is never buy a green candle, always buy a red candle, right? And so you probably know that with stocks. Um, and that means buy when it's down, right? As opposed to buying when it's up. Um, so I'm always buying when we have, you know, a, a, a 30% correction. Because sometimes in crypto, you might have a 20% correction, 30% correction. You might even have a 50% correction. That's just the volatility of the marketplace. And so when you have volatility like that, one of the things that I always do is I buy the dips, buy the dips, buy the dips. So if it dips 30%, I'm buying, right? I got my money on the side, I'll buy because I'm always making that money when it goes back up. I, you know, it's just consistent. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, just, so, I want to hear about the physical part. So you buy a dip. Yeah. What do you I physically buy, do in this yes. process? I buy it. So I'll buy a dip, right? So I'll go on Coinbase, I'll purchase it. It just depends on if I want to play with it or if I want to move it to cold storage. And then sometimes I'll even, uh, if I sell it, and here's the thing with the stable coin. So say you're buying a, say you're buying like the one I talked about, like XLM, right? And say you've made 20% on it. They went up 20% one day and you want to get out of it, right? Well, you can transact right there on the exchange and put it into USDC. So you can just move it into USDC. Now you're out of XLM. So whatever XLM does, it's not going to impact because now you're over here. You're in the digital current. You're in the digital currency form of a dollar, right? And so then you can, do that sometimes, what you just said? Yes, I do so, that sometimes. So sometimes you, if, it, if it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. when you move to the USDC, again, this is not the cold store. So I'm just trying to understand terminology. Yes, USDC is always on the exchange, which is the benefit for the banks, right? Because and that's the, that's, that's the stable coin. Because it says, hey, Mr. Williams, you got an investment over here. You just bought some Bank of America stock, right? And I know you want to sell it, but we don't necessarily want you to move your money out of the bank. So just move it over here and keep it over here. You understand what I'm saying? We don't want you to take it out. And so, you're still getting the current benefit of the interest that they're offering you. Exactly. Too. Now you're getting the interest and at no no loss. Yeah, you're just holding. Yeah, you just yeah, you just holding. Yeah, so you it's 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 all it's all gravy when you're holding instead table. of going to cold storage. So exactly. what it when so when for example when do you actually move to cold storage? Because again, as you said, the concept of moving cold storage 
Cold storage is long term. So if I got, I got a, at what point would you? I'm saying when you get a big W. Well, yeah, when you get a big bag. So they I'm call just it. Asking, big bag. I'm saying like, yeah, when do you? Yeah, you get a big bag. When you get a big bag. So say you're holding. Say say right now, if you were to go buy, uh, uh say twenty thousand dollars worth of XLM at twenty cent, right? The idea is I'm gonna hold that. I'm not gonna trade that. Right. That's not my trade. So I'm going to take that because it's so large and I don't want to risk being hacked. I don't want to risk losing that. So I'm going I'm to move all of that over to a cold storage and then I'm going to take that cold storage and I'm going to put it away somewhere where nobody can get it. And I'll make sure it's protected because if it does moon or when it does moon, which is what I assume it's going to do, which is why I bought it in the first place. Right. I want to make sure I'm able to go move it back into the exchange so I can sell it if I if I need to. Right. Does that make sense? So, so that's that's how I manage. That's how I manage that. Now, one more thing you can do in this space is you can borrow. Here, here's a very sexy uh, thing with crypto. Is <laughs> I like it simply because again it allows people to play, right? Which is over collateral uh, collateralization, right? And what that means is. If you went to a traditional bank to get a loan, right, you have to have something, put up something that's collateral, correct? The beautiful thing with this is, say, say Montoya wants to go borrow, um, you know, let's just say, let's say $100, right? He wants to borrow $100, so he can buy $250 worth of, say, Bitcoin, and then he can borrow against that Bitcoin. Now, the way that works in this space is all you need to do that is the collateral, right? So if you got $250 worth of Bitcoin, you can go borrow a hundred bucks. So the idea, here's the idea with that. Now, a lot of people would say, well, why would, if I already got the money, why would I borrow more money? If I got 250 bucks, why would I borrow a hundred bucks, right? Right. But here's the idea. The idea is you're going to win on both sides. So you own the asset and I look at Bitcoin and I still like Bitcoin. I like Ethereum too, because I look at those as property. I don't look at them as anything but property. I don't look at them as currency. I look at it as property that I think will, it will go up over time, right? So you're investing in property. And the beautiful thing about a Bitcoin is you're able to cut it out. Like most people's collateral, the, the average Joe, their first real collateral is probably a house or a condo or something of that nature. What Bitcoin allows is it allows you to start building collateral at a very small level. So, because you can buy pieces of Bitcoin. I can buy $100 of Bitcoin tomorrow and I can use that as collateral. You can't do that today. You understand what I'm saying? So, if I can borrow against it and I can assume that collateral is going to increase just like real estate, that's why I call it real estate. Because I can assume that collateral is going to increase at the same time I take this money and do what I want to over here. So, say I want $100,000 for my business. I need $100,000 for my business and I got you know, $200,000 worth of Bitcoin. I can borrow against that Bitcoin for that $100,000. Then put it going to the bank. Yes. Instead of going, going, there it is. Instead of going to the bank, right? I can go to the exchange and the exchange is going to ask me no question. The exchange isn't going to be, well, where do you live, Mr. Montoya? You know, no, you're on the wrong side of town, Mr. Montoya. You know what I'm saying? Not going to ask that. And and then your other 100,000 continues to make money. Whereas had you just borrowed from the bank, you just owe the bank. 100%. Now, this is how it works. If by chance there's a drop 
in the value of that collateralized asset, then you just liquidate. So then they just say, well, we got our money, you got your money. We walk away, it's all, it's all love. It's all love and fair in, right, in the, in, in the movement. Does that make sense? So it's, risk, it's a little risk there, right, in terms of the liquidation factor, right? But, you know, if you assume that it is going to increase, right, which a lot of people have done that, right? So you take that 100,000, you put it in your, in your company, you make more money, you got an, a, a, an investment over here that is appreciating, right? And you don't need uh, to show them how much money you made last year or where you live or what your race is, what your sex is, your, you know, your, your history, your, your criminal history, right? So that's another sexy. There's many different levels to the benefits of. Right. So it sounds this. like the last situation you're breaking down is, so, you know, like you say, in the event that you're catching it, why, you know, to a degree, you know, obviously, like I say, if the money's appreciating, if you will. Mm-hmm. So as, as, to a degree, as you make this additional money, you've put in a hundred thousand and right. drawn it to 200,000. Right. It just gives you an opportunity to borrow against this new money versus just using your money to right. borrow against this new money, like you said, without approval. And yes. so, you know, obviously with the hope that it continues to appreciate yes. in the event. So there is a risk associated with it. But even when you're making money and doing well, if you don't do your accounting right, the bank may still turn you down for $100,000. There, there you go. Yeah, for sure. 100%. And so it's really going away. This is the whole DeFi. DeFi, you know, yeah. The DeFi. This is the whole, everything you just explained is the benefits of uh, uh, DeFi. DeFi right? That's what it brings. It brings more customers. It allows more people to play. It allows for less uh, stereotyping or uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, the discrimination. Yeah, discrimination. So if you look at the benefits of it, it's like any technology. There's the pros and there's the cons. You know, I, I use guns all the time. A gun can be used to enslave you. It can be used to free you. Same, same gun, right? And this is no different, right? There are benefits for sure. And there are cons for sure, right? And it really depends on who's using the thing, right? At the end of the day. And so with that being said, you got to figure out, here's the deal. You got to figure out how all of this stuff can be leveraged by you. And that's what business is, is leverage. It's leverage. At the end. Business is 100% leverage all the time. You're always leveraging something. The idea is to have more money than, than you don't have or make more money than you lose. And all of that is based on leverage. And so this is what we do by nature. This is what we need to learn at a very young age. And if we, and this is no different, it's all leverage. How can I leverage this new technology, right? To work in my favor, right? And what you want to Yeah, let me jump yeah. in right here. Cause I yeah, know sure. everybody here is obviously loving this conversation. So people that missed out tonight really missed out. Um, so I just want to remind y'all the benefit of the mastermind. Obviously, obviously, just getting this information tonight is a benefit in itself. But I just want to make sure y'all never forget the extension of what the how this mastermind works. So what happens is, again, you know, especially if you like Mark, you kind of do look like you just wanting to learn about it. You're getting exposed. Justin, I know you just recently jumped in. Um, but one of the benefits you have in this mastermind group is you've been sent in for places to go get information, but you also have two people you can call for sure. 
100%. So you get the information, you think you understand the information, but you're about to act. Sometimes you might just want to call Glenn and be like, explain this technology part. I think I understand it. I'm about to do it. I'm not sure I've read all the risks. You call Glenn and you just speeds up your information. Right. You don't got to go spend another hour understanding the technology because as I explained, Glenn knows the technology like the back of his right. hand. Obviously, today is Glenn, is, I mean, is William through his own study and loving to be progressive and been in the space for a number of years because he's been doing this since 2016. So clearly he's a way ahead of the game on the information. Some of this is opinion, some of this is speculation, but the mm-hmm. benefit of this mastermind is, and when you're ready to act, you know, he took his chances on his own information and with the relationships he knew, you don't got to do it that way. You can study some, call William for the finance side. You can study some, study, call Glenn. Okay, before I get this wallet, explain this wallet. That's the benefit of the mastermind. So obviously we're having conversations. You're not getting out there daily, right? So you Mm -hmm. kind of just by setting aside an hour and a half today, you're ahead of the game on the information. But the key is that y'all connect with one another. Like Emil just connected with Smoke uh, for what I understand the last, over the last so many weeks. Um, You know what I mean? So just keep in mind um, the benefit of this mastermind is over time, is I keep vetting and bringing people in the ideas. If something makes sense for you, don't lose sight of calling one another. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this work beyond this every six or seven weeks. Cause I did seven, it was seven weeks since we did the last one, but that's what makes the mastermind beneficial. That's what you're paying into as far as relationship. Cause that's my baby. My baby is y'all show up. Like you say, you're going to show up. Like I'm finna call the people who said they didn't, who didn't show up. Cause that's, you know, so when you say you're going to show up, just show up. I got no problem if you say you can't show up, but I don't, but I don't want this mastermind to die because there's three people on here in six weeks because people take it as, oh, I just ain't going to show up today. So again, that's all I ask for, you know, obviously is get your membership, which all of you have, but then show up for the mastermind. Cause I already told, you know, when we first did the first one, everybody loved it. It was like, yeah, let's do this every month. I was like, y'all too busy for that. So I've been right about that. Right but I don't need y'all not showing up for the six weeks. I'm kind of reiterating to the choir here because y'all are all here, but I'm just reminding you the ultimate benefit is these unique conversations, but the ultimate goal is that y'all connect. Don't ever forget. Hey, so, so William, so, um, um, what was I going to ask? Um, so you mentioned when you were coming in and this is, this is excellent information. I mean, this is exactly you know, and trying to just get more educated. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to be a sponge with this stuff. So right. this has been great. Um, so you mentioned- Mind, mind you, you, we haven't even talked about NFTs. Yeah. So. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, no doubt. No we doubt. might even do one, we might do one on that. We might do one on that. I heard you dropping some of that on the best of too. You know what I mean? So yeah. I remember that. So, yeah. um, so you mentioned, well, two things. So you started out when you made the transition to talk about things that you're looking into, which is great, because I'm going to do some research on those and then okay. you know, just try to get more educated. Gotcha. But you mentioned XLM, XRP. Did, didn't you mention a third one or did, or, or did you not? Remintis. Uh, Remintis. Uh, no, remittances are just what they call when you okay. send money, when you're sending money back over to, say, somebody in another country, right? So a lot of immigrants here send money back home. Okay. That's what they call I got you. remittances. Yeah. It's hard for me to say that. Gotcha. But I just they, wanted to make sure. Okay, yeah. got but it. That's a big, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That's, it's a lot of money in that. And so uh, those two are uh, play a big part in that, right? Because, and I, I can't explain that. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the big deals is 
every country is going to pretty much have their own stable coin. So when you look at the United States, we have USDC, USDT. Um, you know, China will have theirs. And what happens is that's the local currency. So when we go into this global marketplace, when we start to do business across the ponds or across different places, I've had this, I've literally done business in Canada. I'll give you guys my experience. I've done business in Canada where I provided a service in Canada and I went to get paid and they wanted to pay me in rubles or whatever the Canadian, you know, money is. So they sent it to me that way and I couldn't do nothing with it. You know, I've already provided the service. I couldn't do anything with it. Most people don't understand these problems at that level, right? Most people have no idea what I'm, what, I, what I'm talking about, right? But for me as a business that has already provided a big service to a company in another country and they can't pay me, we got a problem. You understand what I'm saying? So another solution this does for remittances, which is why I invest in the two that I'm talking about, is because you need to be able to have that bridge, uh, which XLM and XRP are for this technology to transition out of the yuan into the USDT or the USDT into the yuan. Does that make sense? So this is big and it's, big real, big it's, real, it's real big. It's huge. People don't understand the significance of it. It's freaking huge. Right? Got you. No, that's so, big. Yeah. yeah. yeah that it, made it, a lot of sense. I'm glad you walked through that because I did hear you say remittances and you went into it. And I wasn't sure right. if you meant it as, as a method of transaction or an actual you know, oh, manufacturer of something. Right. Yeah, sure. so that's good. I heard, I'm glad. Yeah, I heard it that way too, Mark. Yeah, yeah. 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 okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. That's, that's why I knew what the third one was because I heard yeah. it like I heard it like it was a third yeah. one. Right. Yeah. That's right. why right. I knew. Because right. because uh, William he didn't mean it that way, so he was like, I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. But because right. I heard right. that right. way, that's why I said it. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. why I wanted to clarify. Hey. I want hey. to make sure. Ask the question, man, for sure. One hundred percent. Now the third one. And then the other thing, brother. Good question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. But uh, all I was going to say, Montoya, do you will you have a recording of this that we can so, replay? Unfortunately, which is good, though, I started recording right when Mark started talking. So even though we, I missed a lot of what he said, it's the perfect mm-hmm. timing for the understanding. That was, that's where we really started breaking down when Mark first started asking a question. So I got it from that point on. So I will get that out to y'all. I meant to tell William when you got on, remind me to start recording. Because I come on 15 minutes early, so I don't want to waste 15 minutes. But I always forget to start it. So y'all try to remember anytime we're doing this. Say, Montoya, are you recording? Try to remember that in the future. But I did record most of this, um, Justin. The the third one I will give you guys to go do some research on is more of a commercial one. uh, But you're seeing it a lot. It's crypto.com. I think crypto.com is going to be freaking huge. Simply because of the amount of money they've spent investing in the marketing. Again, they're the ones that are on top of the Staples Center that you that you see, uh, Crypto.com Center now. So they're they, that I think that what you say seven hundred million, Montoya deal for that name. So I would definitely look at them because they're very affordable too. They're like fifty two cent at the moment. And guys, none of this stuff has taken off yet. And the reason why it hasn't taken 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 off, only Bitcoin. But Bitcoin isn't going to be regulated. It wasn't meant to be regulated. You understand what I'm saying? Ethereum, I don't really know what's going on with Ethereum. I know what it is. It's the smart contracts, which we haven't talked about. Smart contracts is another big, huge benefit of, you know, of this technology. It's freaking fracking huge. And Mark, this is something you definitely, being that you're in the clothing uh, business and NFTs and smart contracts and all of that kind of stuff, bro, like you definitely need to understand the whole, that whole part of it. Because anybody that's in artistry, Right. If you're in artistry, you need to understand 
NFTs and you need to understand the Ethereum network. If you're well, that was going to be my vote for the next one with the NFT, bro. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm putting you on the spot again because, you know, you, 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 you own it. Hey, right. but listen, so one other question, mate. Yeah. So you mentioned, because um, I'm familiar with Coinbase. Okay. But but I, I heard you mention, uh, did you say Uphold platform uh, up, or uphold. something like that? Yes, Uphold. Okay. Uphold is one. Okay. And then Crypto.com is another one I use. I, they, they look pretty. I got none, none of these, and none of these are, like I said, none of these are regulated, even Coinbase. Not not regulated, not you know FDIC at the moment. Um, so just be very aware of the fact that anything you're putting money into is like any business. If you could go tomorrow and the doors could be closed, I'm gonna be absolutely honest with you guys. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to sell them, right? They have no, um, you know, there's there's no assurance, insurance, right, or assurance. Uh, but so a lot, so everything you do in this space right now, but. You got to look at where everything is going to and take that in, you know, like. Let me, let me, let me jump in. Let me jump Glenn in right here. Um, okay. Just somebody who understands the technology. So um, because you understand the technology, Glenn, for what he just said, we only got a few more, few more minutes here. So give you a short answer to this. How do you protect yourself from that part? Again, obviously there's no 100% protection because there's no regulation. There is no FDIC, but somebody like yourself, you're going to move smarter than me because you know what technology safety things to put in place that maybe somebody like me who just wants to make a little money, I'll jump out there and just do it and hope it doesn't go away. So you, how do you protect yourself knowing the technology? Uh, well, first, I would recommend everyone that does crypto to invest in a VPN uh, just because a lot of traffic these days with your browser. If you notice, every time you go to a website, it asks, are you okay saving your cookies? There's a lot of information that's saved in your browser that is easily hacked, <laughs> that's easily um, watchable. And as soon as you start moving crypto around with more than a couple bucks, um, it's easy for someone to look at that and try to figure out what's going on. So uh, to protect yourself and your computer, first and foremost, I understand the difference between a decentralized and a centralized exchange. There are some exchanges that need KYC and there's some that aren't. Um, there also, I think there's going to be a big push in privacy coins. Um, some of the big Bitcoin enthusiasts in the early days, 2015, 14, 16, um, all of them were against stable coins or against things that could be tracked, um, like XRP and stuff, because they were in the spirit of Bitcoin being for the people, by the people, can't trace me. It's, you know, we can move money where we want to. We don't need banks. But over time, the past five years, it's gotten more regulated and people are just trying to embrace, well, how much regulation can we swallow? Right. So, you know, you got to remember when you're doing crypto, what accounts or wallets you have are tied to your ID and which ones aren't. Um, and how much do you want to go, how much you want to invest in privacy, you know, when it comes to call wallets and stuff like that. So for me personally, I have centralized exchanges like, you know, Coinbase, that's, I think, a U.S. bank out in San Francisco that I trust, even though it may not have all the insurances of a normal bank, it's centralized. There's someone you can talk to. There's there's a chance of getting your money back. They're not just going to disappear overnight. Right. And then there's other exchanges that are off-seas or not in America or that are decentralized where I don't have to put my ID to use a, the exchange. And I can move money around, you know, maybe temporarily. It depends what level of risk you're willing to assume and stuff. So, you know... I, so I would just recommend lever leveraging risks as best as you can. 
keep your big money in a cold wallet, use a VPN every time you log into an exchange. So the exchange doesn't know what, you know, what computer you're coming from um, and keep your money on centralized over decentralized exchanges is probably best. So. Perfect. And then a reminder, again, we're at the end. So I'm going to close it up. I always do right on time. So just reminder, if anything Glenn said, all of it makes sense. And you just want to reassure before you actually make a transition, say, Glenn, can I get on your calendar? I got $75 for you. Because I always recommend that y'all pay each other to take their time. And right. it's just as you need it, spend out a little money to respect the person's time. Y'all probably would do it for free with each other, but I don't want to see y'all do that. Take people's time and say, hey, I got $50. I got $75. Give me, get me on your calendar. I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. So keep that in mind. If y'all do it for free, no problem. I just recommend that if you need somebody, pay them for their time. We out this thing. Um, I think we can go hey, with the NFT. Got... If you're open Quick to question. it in six weeks, we can yeah. go with the NFT, William, because I've got Kim still going to teach white labeling, but she okay. hasn't been able to do it the last, this one or next one. So she may be able to do it after that. So if okay. y'all, if you want to go right into NFTs, if that's what y'all want to do, I'm open to it. It's y'all mastermind. Right, right. Yeah, quick question. I mean, just, just to say, if you guys want to ask me a quick question anytime, just text me on it. I, I got no problem with you guys asking me any questions. I answer questions all day, so. Yeah, yeah, you know. William's quick. Yeah, he's always like that. Yeah. Uh, put yeah. your number in there for anybody that wants to just get it. I know those times I tell y'all, y'all can always go through me, but in this situation, you know, obviously y'all are interested in this co- space and some of y'all are already in it. So, you know, but I hope y'all enjoyed tonight. Appreciate y'all. Uh, we'll do this again in six weeks. Are we, so we're going to rock with the NFT in six weeks. William, you good with it? Yeah, that, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think it's important, man, especially for you, you the guys, the artistry. If you do clothing, if you do any uh, anything in artistry, NFTs is something you definitely, smart contracts, you know, so you can get paid. At the end of the day, it's about royalties on your unique stuff, right? And that's all artsy stuff. So if you got you know, stuff like that, you definitely need to understand. I'll that. probably invite some of my members who are not necessarily mastermind just so they can take advantage of the info and right. put people on just so they can ask questions. 100%. All right, y'all. We gone, man. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Every, Look at everyone, everyone, fellas. Thanks. Everyone have a good one. Thanks you again. Too. You too, Justin. Yeah. Right. All right, Justin. All right, man. I'll holler at you. That was a good one. Oh, yeah, man. I actually would like a part two of it if possible. But, you know, either way, yeah, like yeah. you said, I can reach out to him and get some more insight. Yep, yep, yep. I'll try to get this recorded out. I'm usually bad about getting them out to everybody. But I because I did record it, I'll save it and try to get it out, too, so you can kind of go back through it as well. All right, man. I appreciate you. All right. Sounds good, brother. All right.